This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. You can't whistle when you're smiling or laughing, so things have to be really serious. <laughs> I said no laughing. <laughs> hey there, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. Welcome to Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Our caller today is Ruby, and Ruby and I go way back. Actually, we have DM'd before. I don't what? know if you remember, but I uh, I made your gluten-free carrot cake for oh. my 30th birthday in lockdown. And then I made it again at 32. And then I smashed it on the ground right before oh, you my friends were all coming DM over. Me. I do remember because, because of the trauma involved in the experience. At the time, I couldn't really help Ruby. But nowadays, we're set up for this sort of thing. Are we talking about carrot cake today, or is there something else bothering you in the kitchen? No, we're not. So we're talking about the holidays. Ah. Ruby grew up celebrating Hanukkah, but her husband grew up celebrating Christmas with his family. And as she's become part of the family, Ruby has enthusiastically volunteered herself as the Christmas dinner chef. But that means she's a chef in his family's kitchen in rural Ontario. And... There's one other thing. So in this family, there is a garlic allergy. I am celiac. We have a dairy-free family member. We have a no-pork family member. And we have a flexitarian who will eat chicken, but that's mostly it. It's just a lot to accommodate for. And I find that either I do so much, so much, so much work. And I'm like making individualized side dishes to kind of like (laughs) make everyone happy. Or, you know, I feel like not everyone got to enjoy everything or, you know, maybe for the vegetarians not getting a full enough meal. But for me, it's always a really fun opportunity to make kind of like a big main meat, which is a thing that I don't do often in life. And I guess what I'm looking for other than like, you know, fresh ideas, fresh perspective, is also kind of a way of doing it that's sustainable for me so that I keep loving to do it every year. And how I can kind of think a bit more, I guess, more intelligently about how all these kind of dietary restrictions can work together and make a more like streamlined menu. So I've got garlic. No garlic. I've got dairy. The dairy one, I would say, is like low dairy. It's not like a severe allergy, but there are health ramifications. So it is to be considered. Yes, garlic, dairy, celiac. Celiac, pork, Mm -hmm. and then like a meat flexitarian, but does that include beef or no? They don't eat beef. They don't eat fish. Basically chicken and turkey only. Okay. 
Well, here's one thing that I'm very curious about. So did you grow up with a lot of, like, Jewish holiday cooking? Like, are there staples in your life that you're choosing not to bring into this situation? Yeah, I mean, I usually do a big lekka-making party. But with these folks or no? No, not with these folks. But, like, why? Like, what's wrong with, like, a crispy fried potato that's, like, shot through with onion and fried and schmaltzy goodness and then served with a range of accoutrement, maybe no sour cream for your dairy-free pal. But I'm just curious, like, would you feel more empowered to see the possibility in the choices you still have if you were leaning into traditions that were like the ones that, you know, you kind of have in your back pocket? My brain was like going to brisket, but then obviously that's been crossed off the list now. We've already moved on. It's not a thing. I'm not attached to it. Well, no, I mean, so there's really only one person who won't eat beef in the family. So like I could totally do brisket as long as there are sides that make it feel like a full meal for them. The Lutka thing, as much as like I would love to do, and maybe it's just actually me reframing like how I make Lutkas, because when I make Lutkas, it's like a five-hour process. Like the whole house is smelling. Like we're doing like huge, big batch Lutkas. We're freezing them. We're having a Lutka party. Like it's really like the main event. Okay. You have a lot of possibilities here. Like this is sort of the age-old thing. As much as there are restrictive diets in play here, like this is cooking for kind of a big group of people in a kitchen that's not your own. Totally. And what do you have to do to like make that kind of workable for yourself, you know, and like hopefully enjoy the process and not just feel like, well, you know, this is like the, the once a year heroic kind of marathon you know, but instead see it as an opportunity to share something of, you know, your kind of background and holiday cooking, baking, what have you. So the kitchen you'll be cooking in, this is well-stocked, well-set up, like no concerns there? Yeah, no concerns. It's a great kitchen. They have everything I need. And is your plan to just basically try to bring everything you need for this meal, as opposed to lean on things they might have in the pantry there? Yeah, this is, I mean, they they live outside of Toronto. So for many years, and I used to live there. So we would drive in so then I could bring in stuff. I could prep more at home. Now I live in Montreal. So we basically would fly in. Oh, you So it's really, you know, I can send out a list to the family Uh and say, you know, these are the things. Could you buy this? Could you buy that? I could could do a grocery shop up when I'm there. But my ability to actually make anything in advance is pretty limited. Wow. Yeah, that helps to know because, yeah, I mean, you want to give them a a gentle list, you know? Exactly. Um, Okay, cool. I'll get to work thinking about a uh, co-host to help strategize this for you. Okay, well, I'm super excited. This is, like, very fun for me. And uh, I think at the end of the day, it's like people love to be cooked for and the act of doing it and putting the work in, like that's what kind of everyone appreciates and makes everyone happy. But I also want to make sure, you know, it's tasty and everyone feels like they have enough to eat. And also I keep having fun and enjoying it. I know it sounds like I'm just pushing my own recipes, but I promise you (laughs) it's not because I have an an ego, but I actually think... Deputy food editor Hannah Asbrink always comes prepared with dynamite culinary suggestions. Top of my list is brisket, of course. And obviously we have a few kind of twists on 
more classic versions. Interesting. I feel like the thing that's coming together in my mind is like, often I think in these situations where there's a lot of dietary restrictions and preferences to be factored in, what you try to do is like average everything out, right? Come up with a menu that's like inclusive of everybody, like the very center of the Venn diagram, if you will. Whereas like maybe Ruby does like a few things yeah, that each of which like can't like work for everybody, but that gives the people who do roll with whatever that food item is like a really full on experience and like showcases the best of what, you know, the, the brisket's capable of, the cabbage is capable of, the duck, what have you. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think we can provide some help in terms of a timeline um, if she feels like she can't tackle them all in like 24 to 48 hours. But I feel like more than half of this is always about like timing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that I think is where the difference between like home cooks and like professional cooks really lies. Yeah, fair. All right. Well, I feel good. We've got a plan and we're going to chat with Ruby tomorrow. Okay. I'm so excited. Go holidays. We're going to take a quick break. When we're back, Hannah and I make the case for Ruby to explore the edges of her family's dietary restriction Venn diagram. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. On the day that Hannah and I sat down in the studio to call Ruby back, I was a little bit discombobulated. I started to like read the reviews slash comments of a couple of the recipes that I wanted to suggest to you. And now I'm in like a mental fight with Yasbeen <laughs> Say Meow from Washington, D.C. Oh, no. You know, that's like, you know, six years later, I'm like ready to chime in on the thread <laughs> and like really get into it with them. Um, anywho, I'm joined here by the wonderful Hannah Asbrink. Okay, so here's what Hannah and I were talking about yesterday. So normally I would suggest a recipe, and then Hannah would suggest a recipe to counter that. It would kind of be like, whose vision of like holiday bliss are you most aligned with? Who's got more like festooning and like better popcorn garlands in the recipes in their mind? And I don't really want to do that today, Ruby. A, because I feel like I know you and we're like pals. And like, I don't want to give you two competing kind of realities to choose from. What I would rather do is just talk to you about some great 
options. For some reason, when Hannah and I were chatting about this yesterday, the thing that actually felt right was really privileging, like, what you feel excited to cook and giving you, like, a few things that you feel really, really, really fired up about that, you know, any one of which may not totally work for everybody, but that could work for, like, a plurality of those folks present. Give everybody enough of what they need. I don't know. Does that sound crazy? Yeah, I feel like that makes sense to me. I feel like it's like an all-hands-on-deck strategy session. Yes. It's like what I need. Yes. Hannah, what's on your mind? Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like if there's one time of year where you're feeling a little generous with both your time and, you know, resources, like it would be the holidays. So trying to check off every box with one dish is just putting so much pressure on both you and the guests to enjoy the experience. So maybe having, you know, two or three, especially if it is like a little bit of a wider group, having a little variety would just go so far. Yeah, for sure. I think it's kind of like a puzzle. And then trying to figure out maybe a puzzle that I can like replicate in different ways in the future as well. And we can certainly help with that. I feel like cooking for the holidays is, you know, 70% timing and 30% recipe selection execution. And we chose these with cook ahead components in mind and with perhaps even recipes tasting better the next day in mind. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. That's part of what it came down to for me. And I'm I'm not going to start in any particular order here, okay? The one thing that I mentioned, I think, in our call, Ruby, was the notion of kind of like a make-ahead moment. Mm -hmm. I think one way to go is brisket, and I think Hannah wants to talk to you about that. I'm going to let her talk to you about that. But I did think, you know, if sourcing a great bird is an option for you, have you ever confided the turkey legs themselves? No, I haven't. I've only kind of done the full turkey. So the recipe I want to talk to you about is confit turkey with chilies and garlic. And it was actually an original for Epicurious that I did. And there's basically not that much to it. Like you're doing a pretty, you know, intense seasoning of some turkey legs, and then you are slow cooking them along with some fresh oregano or dried oregano, doesn't really matter. Some dried chilies such as guajillo, ancho, or New Mexican. And then they're slow roasted in olive oil. And you then take those chilies out at the end of the cooking process and blitz them up with almond or peanut and some sesame seeds to arrive at something like a sort of similar to a salsa matcha, a classic condiment in Mexican cuisine that features dried chilies that aren't necessarily reconstituted. They're just sort of toasted or fried out in oil and then blitzed so that you have this really interesting textural puree of like little bits, not too dissimilar from like a chili crisp. That sounds great. Can I ask a question? Oh gosh, of course, yes. Um, the word garlic, as much as I love it, is oh, in the garlic. title. Sorry. Do you have any advice of like a good kind of sub? I'm so sorry. I meant to say that. Yes, there are like a couple of heads of garlic that go into the oil, but they're there for like baseline aromatic purposes. Like nothing truly hinges on them. I think the treatment, the dried chilies and like a halved shallot in that kind of confiding medium would do the trick just fine. Cool. Um, This just kind of came to me and like, hear me out. I feel like large format, not just vegetable sides, but actual like heroic centerpiece 
vegetable dishes can be a challenge. (laughs) This is one of those recipes that I'm so proud of, and I loved it, and I feel like it never really got all that much traction, you know, and everybody has some of those. It's fine. It's part of life. But it's a twice-roasted squash with Parmesan butter and whole grains, and quinoa is an option for the grain, and I think, you know, quinoa, as far as I'm concerned, white quinoa is fine. Red quinoa is better, and then black quinoa, if you can find it, it would be worth, like, shoving in your suitcase if you wanted to make this, mm-hmm. just to, like, to avoid, you know, a sourcing issue once you get to Ontario, right? So basically, you roast a whole squash. It could be butternut. It could be a red curry squash. You roast it whole, just until it's, like, you know, totally tender. You rip it in half, or you rip it into some pieces. You scoop out that flesh. You mash it with a decent amount of butter. So I hope this would work for your dairy person, although, you know, you could tailor it to suit their needs. A little olive oil would be great in there too. Plant-based butter would be absolutely fine. Some lemon zest, some Parmesan, and then you scoop that mixture, just like a twice-baked potato, you scoop it back into the squash skin and you then roast it until it's getting nice and sort of caramelized and darkened around the edges. But meanwhile, you have a super fun roasted pepita and grain salad. You can use barley, farro, you know, in your case, you'd want to stick with like quinoa or something obviously gluten-free, golden raisins, shaved parm. And it's just like a really nice dynamic kind of juxtaposition of like creamy, rich squash with a bright kind of assertive little salad-y kind of moment on top of it. But if you do like halves of butternut squash, you know, and like present it as like a bit of a centerpiece in the the middle of the table, it really holds its own against anything else you could kind of have going on. Anyway, I just, this one kind of came to me as if in a dream, just, Mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted to like resurface a pretty like great veg centerpiece here. But anyway, Hannah, I'm going to turn this over to you because we were talking yesterday and I love the ideas that we were coming up with then too. Yeah, no, and that sounds delicious for like a winter lunch that you can make one recipe of and enjoy for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So so I have a few ideas as well. And this, I feel like, might work well for your vegetarian guest or even non-vegetarian guest as a lovely side. So we have a cheesy roasted cabbage wedge centerpiece meal included in our Thanksgiving issue. And it really is a showstopper of a vegetable main. It's basically a cabbage cut into six to eight wedges with the core still intact so that kind of each person has a sizable wedge. And it's a Savoy cabbage as well. So they're super beautiful, super seasonal, and they make, you know, just a striking statement. It's covered basically in this beautiful, creamy, cheesy sauce, which might not be great for your you know, dairy intolerant guess, but it is super flavorful and it gets finished off with a nutty, lemony, almost gremolata of sorts. So it's really the technique of getting like a, a white sauce together with cheese, which basically you slather on and that gets burnished in the oven on top of the cabbage. And then you just finish it off with with that like fresh factor that's like super bright that sounds it's a great. great. I yeah. love cabbage so much. Yeah. And I feel like both of these ideas of like also thinking about how you are displaying your vegetable dish yes. to kind of give it that like grand feeling is like a helpful way of thinking about it. Exactly. The cabbage dish also reminds me of a dish I had at a restaurant in Montreal last winter that I haven't stopped mm. thinking about. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I know. I, well, cab- there was an article 
maybe in the Times not that long ago about how cabbage is having a moment. And um, it, it is such a workhorse, humble ingredient, but it takes so well to whatever you want to throw at it. And the fact is, like, where you live, where we live, it is winter for a long time. So sure. <laughs> it's nice to have these back pocket, cabbage-centered dishes, even if it's just going to be a side or maybe, you know, rolled out for a non-holiday gathering. I feel like it's never bad to have too many vegetables. <laughs> yeah, awesome. My second offering is actually a two-pronged one. So I am such a fan of brisket, but the two that I wanted to bring up are a little bit divergent from maybe like the classic Jewish braised brisket. One is a twist on uh, beef burgundy, so we're calling it brisket bourguignon, but it's those classic, you know, deep red wine-based flavors with mushrooms, pearled onions, all of those aromatics and classic ingredients you might associate with this very iconic dish, but applied to brisket. I need to make this. Yes. No, no. And <laughs> I'm getting hungry. Oh, good. So both the cabbage that I mentioned, as well as this uh, brisket bourguignon, they were so popular in the test kitchen. So just like anecdotally, I'm telling you right now, they were like popular among our, our team, our wider staff. So that's always a good sign, right? And what I like about it, especially, first of all, brisket tends to be a little bit more affordable of a cut, so you can really be generous. And the second point that I wanted to make is that brisket will taste better the next day, more than likely. So in terms of scheduling things out, if you were to do like two or three mains, like you can do this maybe a day or two ahead of time and then just slowly bring it back up to temperature with no deleterious effects. In yeah. fact, it will probably be even better <laughs> when you do reheat it. Would you say the effects would, in fact, be advantageous? I would say the effects would be advantageous. Um, <laughs> Non-deleterious. You heard it here <laughs> oh my God. first. I love that. <laughs> I don't know the last time I used that word. Whatever. It's not going to hopefully be the last time today. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you like that. And I am like just rich in brisket ideas today. So my second one is actually a recipe that I developed. So I'm Korean American and one of the classic kind of iconic dishes in the Korean canon is a braised beef rib dish called kalbitjim. Mm -hmm. And it's like a sweet, salty, soy braised dish. But I apply those flavors and ingredients to a brisket. So this definitely calls for a head of garlic, but you can swap it out and just put, you know, any allium in. Shallot would be wonderful. You know, small onions. There are also pearl onions here, carrots. And the sauce is really rooted in soy. There's some oyster sauce. And both of those you can probably find, like you could use a tamari or maybe yeah, skip the sure. oyster sauce. There's apple cider. So it really balances um, all of the other more like savory flavors. And there's like a cup of pitted dates in there, again, just to like accentuate the sweetness you might find in like the onions and the carrots. And because you're braising this cut of beef for like so long, you really want some of that bright sweetness coming through. But yeah, that might be a nice, like, more Asian-inflected option. And this um, would taste great with rice as well as, like, mashed potatoes for your celiac friends. Totally. Yeah, that sounds great. So my plan is that, like, it's Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend. So I am hoping <gasps> to test some of these out. Um, okay, great. And I'm super excited about it. Awesome. Well, good luck. Just let us know if you need us for anything, okay? Can't wait to hear how it goes, okay? Good luck, Ruby. We sent Ruby the recipes for her K-1 
Canadian Friendsgiving as Christmas dinner rehearsal and waited to hear how it went. After the break, Ruby tells us all about it. Here at Dinner SOS, we love tackling your kitchen issues. But what if I told you there's a way to rescue dinner before it turns into an emergency? With expert insights from the test kitchen, cooking and entertaining tips, and a treasury of over 50,000 recipes, Bon Appetit and Epicurious are your lifelines to rescue any meal. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off an annual digital subscription including access to the user-friendly Epicurious app. Just use code SOS20 at bonappetit.com. That's SOS20 for a 20% discount on an annual digital subscription to Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Happy cooking. And don't worry, I'll still be here if your dinner plan self-destructs. Hi, Ruby. Hi. Happy early Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yeah, I had a, had a lovely Canadian Thanksgiving celebration slash run through for the holidays. It was a blast. Phenomenal. Amazing. Tell us all about it. What did you guys eat, make, cook? Yeah. Okay. So I made five dishes. I made three that you guys suggested oh and then goodness. two that were like, I guess inspired by the suggestions oh, from y'all goodness. because I real like thinking about it. I think a thing I've learned is that it doesn't make any sense to cook five new dishes for the first time when you're entertaining. Like that's a little cuckoo. Unless you are my uncle Paul, that is entirely <laughs> correct. He doesn't have that like that weird voice in his head that's like, "Don't make couscous for the first time oh for God. like a party of twenty people." You know, it's like he'll just like go in there and do it. You know. But I digress. I mean, that's my that's my instinct too. But I was like, no, I'm going to rein myself in. So I'll take I'll take you through what I made. So I Amazing. made the brisket bourguignon. Yes, um, it was delicious. It was so 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 good. Everybody yes. loved it. I loved it. Have been eating leftovers, and I made that fully the day before. So like, literally did everything the day before. And it was Good. just like very helpful yes. to have one thing that you just don't even have to think about the day of. Yeah. So that was great. Also, as a side note, ended up getting three times the amount of brisket that the recipe <laughs> called for due wait. to the grocery delivery situation. Oh, wait, no. Um, wait, how, how many pounds do we call for in the recipe? It's got to be at least a four, few. Like four like, to five? Like four pounds and like yeah. a 15 pound brisket showed up at my house. Oh, and that's was, like, that's the whole, that's the whole schmazzle. I, I was dying. It was great. I mean, so I, I cut the very large piece of meat into three pieces. Good for you. That was a process. And then I wrapped them well and froze them. And then I had a meat raffle for my friends. So Ooh. that was pretty silly. But uh, yeah, so it all went to, it all went to good use. Wait, that's amazing though, because they got to taste what they can make with it, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm saving one for me. Because, you know, you can't be that generous. But uh, I'm just going to make another brisket in the winter. And then I gave one away. So that was fun. Oh, oh my goodness. Things got pretty wild. We've only addressed one thing. And 
you know, already, I mean, okay, so you had like the additional layer of nuance here that like you got the whole brisket and had to kind of deal with it. But like the fact that you were able to do that one dish a a full day ahead, Mm -hmm. that's like chills giving. You know what I mean? Like that is like (laughs) very, very, very chilled. It was so good. And it, I don't know, like I tasted a little piece of meat when it came out of the like braise the first time. And it was like very tasty. But I was like, I had this little moment of panic and I was like, did I overcook it? It's a little bit dry. Like I was worried. And then having it just like sit there and chill and then reheating it slowly, like like it was so good. Like it was so moist and tasty and wonderful. Amazing. And that's just one of five. Yeah. One of five. Um, I made the cheesy cabbage. Yes. Also a hit. It was so good. I think I'm like maybe going in order of like what people responded to um but it was such a good recipe i am will be making it again for sure i for some reason have been ignoring savoy cabbage in my life i don't know why so i hadn't really cooked with savoy cabbage before and it was so delicious savoy Um, to the uninitiated this is the type of cabbage that has like more ruffly leaves on gorgeous one green cabbage where the leaves are very smooth and like with a very tremendously thick vein Savoy also has a vein, but it's very roughly, get like a lot of like texture on it very easily. It also like eats raw very nicely. Less watery. Less watery. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it was great. It was funny because it was definitely a more like hands-on recipe. Mm. Like my hands literally got covered in like cheese and like sauce as I was doing it. Like it had a bit of like a, like am I playing with Play-Doh right now? But like it was fun and so tasty. And definitely I had one dairy-free guest and they just had a bunch of lactose pills and lived their life. Oh, Uh, and still managed to try it? Yeah. Yeah. They tried it. I mean, I didn't check in with them after, you know. <laughs> Not your problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that was really good. And it, I don't know, it just like really looked nice. Like it presented really well. It felt very like dramatic. And like, if you're not eating beef, like my partner didn't have beef, he was like super happy to have two of the cabbage slices. Good. I I do think, you know, when you, when you move your vegetables towards the center of the table, listen, like there are some preparations that are pretty easy and streamlined that, you know, get you a pretty great result relatively quickly. But, but to truly turn cabbage into like a centerpiece, almost main, it, it takes a little doing. And you mentioned, you know, the sort of like cheesy hands and there's a a certain amount of, you know, brute force involved in this recipe just in terms of transforming this like very raw, still slightly watery veg into something that is like meaty and satiating. But I'm glad you trusted us on this one because I think as like a vegetarian main, albeit not a dairy-free one, it really wins. For sure. This has a wow factor. Exactly. It's like you. this is not a side dish, really. Okay. And then the third dish I made was the confit turkey leg. Oh, um, It was also very, very good. I was a little stressed out because I went to the butcher the day before Canadian Thanksgiving to like get a specific turkey thing, but it was fine. (laughs) It was all good, but I was like, am I just... Uh, you know, doing something silly here. But it was also very good. I, this is my caveat where I think I maybe made like a mistake perhaps is like, so I started cooking really early the day I was having people over. And I actually think I started cooking too early. And so I did the turkey first. And then I was just really like, I want to get stuff done. When I took the turkey out, I had like, I tried a little piece. It was so tasty, like so just, you know, juicy and delicious. And I was like, this is actually like epic. And then 
I wanted to make the sauce. So I like made the sauce. I, I let it sit for the hour, but then I kind of took the turkey mm-hmm. out, uh, made the sauce, strained it, put the juice away in the fridge. I'm like, all right, it's like moving on. We're moving on. And then it kind of just sat on the counter uh, for like the day. And then I fried it at the end and I didn't like heat it up slowly in the juices before I did that because of like oven space. Okay. And so it was very, it was very good. And everyone else liked it. But because I knew what it you tasted knew. like when you it came out, I was like, this isn't what it could be. So hmm. that was like, am I right? Is like that, is that why? Like, where, where did I well, go? Wrong? So you remember the, ex- it's not the same thing, but you remember the experience you had with the brisket where it's like right after it came out, it was good, but it sat in the braising juices overnight and then got back to temp the next day. And then it was really a wow. I do think like, listen, like the turkey, when it's warm and when there is literally fat penetrating all throughout like the fibers of the meat, because it really gets like quite tender, right? The experience of eating something like a duck confit, or in this case, it's a a turkey confit, really. It's that experience of having like a very highly seasoned meat, but one that is taken past the point of just sort of the notion of doneness. It's gone past like, oh, you know, 160, 165, and it is in the territory of, you know, 195, 200. It's where the the, the muscle fibers are really starting to kind of like break down and want to shred apart very readily. But if it's been taken out of its braising medium, if it's been taken out of the fat and it's just kind of hanging out, it's continuing to lose some of its moisture. It is going to ultimately, I think, lose a little bit of its succulents. Also, depending on when you seasoned the turkey before even starting the cooking process, like, did you season that morning and then cook it right away? Or did you season... No, I did overnight. You did? Okay, well, that's good. Because I think just providing, like, a baseline level of seasoning is key. And that would be another kind of inflection point where I'd say, ooh, you know, better to just really let it season overnight before, you know, going ahead with the cooking process. But I do think, yeah, it probably just lost a lot of moisture. And that moisture is the, like, fat, really, a lot of it. And that's where a lot of your flavor is at that point. So retempering the turkey, bringing it back up to sort of serving temperature in the oil, and then kind of frying it to crisp up the skin really does help. But it sounds like you kind of did all the right things. You seasoned it overnight and you finished the sauce. Like I'd, I'd say like it's probably the fact that it just kind of like hung out and, you know, lost a lot of, you know, its juices and fat as it sat there and just didn't do it any favors. So I'd say next time, treat it like the brisket, you know, keep it submerged in its cooking liquid and then uh, bring back to temp before you're ready to proceed. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And for the record, I had multiple people say it was like the best turkey they've ever had. So like it was Well, we should have had more than just a few, you know, (laughs) should have gotten them all. So it was just like, you know, I just I I knew the truth. So, I, I, you know, so those were the three that I made from you guys. And then kind of inspired by your suggestions, I kind of rounded it out with a double roasted sweet potato and squash dish. So kind of similar to what you suggested, but a bit more simple. It's uh-huh. from uh, Anna Stockwell's cookbook. Oh, nice. For the table. We love Anna. Yeah. And I'd made it before and it's pretty simple. And so I did that. And then I made a chocolate cloud cake um, <gasps> from Canali Vanille because I just was like, just doing something that's naturally gluten-free and dairy-free, it's like working with that, you know, instead of trying to like make a yeah. gluten-free pie crust or a dairy-free mousse. Like I was like, I'll just roll with something I've made before, something I know works out well and 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 just like easy peasy. 
So that was the meal. That is completely epic. Everyone loved it and it was great. It all worked out and I felt like it was a good balance of making new things, doing things I was comfortable with. Everyone had something to eat that they loved and had a full, you know, a full plate. Yeah. No one hungry. Everyone got variety and most people could eat everything. And I had fun. So there you go. Where where are you going from here in terms of what's going to make it, you know, to the in-laws place? I mean, honestly, that's a good question. What I'm going to take from this is doing some sort of roasted braised beef dish in combination with either turkey or chicken. Like having two Mm -hmm. meat-related dishes is just like a a model Mm -hmm. moving forward. Um, And then I'm definitely going to make the cabbage again Mm. in December. Like I'm going to do the, I think I'm going to do the brisket and the cabbage for sure. And then either like turkey or chicken, depending on how much energy I have. But I think kind of having it as like, these are the components. This is the amount of dishes I want. This is how they all fit together. I feel like I have a good kind of, yeah, framework. Love to hear it. You just like, you took this and ran with it so far. And I just like what you achieved as a dry run. Yes. Five dishes. Like your friends must have been like skipping all the way home, you know? They were they were having a great time. It was funny because I had told some of them like what was happening and I also hadn't told some of them. And and a few of them were like, What is what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Ruby, I mean, wow, what a journey with you. A plus carrot cake, like Friendsgiving. I just will you let us know what the final menu is for the in-laws, okay? Yeah in Ontario. Yeah, I will I will for we, sure. we're involved now. So please yeah. don't cut us out. Not just the <laughs> menu, but the... Yeah, just know, how it goes. The report. Everything. I will send a report. Yeah, I'm really excited. I had I had a lot of fun. That's the most important, isn't it? During the holidays, like to have fun on top of all of that, that's the icing on the cake. So Ruby has a new framework for building her dietary restriction full Christmas dinners. But we couldn't let you go without revealing the winner of the brisket raffle. So let's take it to the tape. Here we have four pounds of frozen brisket. The winner is, drum roll, Steve. From all of us here at Dinner SOS, we wish you a wonderful holiday season and hopefully some well-deserved time off. May we all be as lucky and as well-fed as Steve. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. We'd love to feature your question on the show. You can find the recipes mentioned on today's episode. Confit turkey with chilies and garlic, twice roasted squash with Parmesan butter and grains, cheesy roasted cabbage wedges, brisket bourguignon, and soy braised brisket on the Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the app store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to Dinner SOS. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Hannah Asbrink. 
Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Jordan Bell is our executive producer. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Cameron Foost is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Special thanks to Ruby's friend, Dane Stewart, for expertly recording the party. And congratulations again to Steve. Next week, Catherine's a mom of four looking to simplify Christmas morning. She's auditioned a few breakfast recipes, but none of them has made her feel like it could be the tradition for her family. Where it still feels exciting, like Christmas morning, something to look forward to. We get this really delicious breakfast, but also like it's still comforting. Hey, Steve, how do you feel having won this brisket? I feel like I finally got what I deserve. Would you like to say anything to Bon Appetit? Thank you very much. I'm Ruby's going to cook it for me. Hey, listeners, Chris Morocco here. If you find yourself in a dinner crisis, the Epicurious app comes to the rescue. Not only will you unlock over 50,000 recipes from Bon Appetit and Epicurious, but you'll also receive daily personalized recommendations based on your unique preferences and dietary needs. Head to the Apple App Store and download the Epicurious app to kickstart your seven-day free trial today. Don't miss out on this culinary adventure. Start your free trial and let the Epicurious app be your kitchen hero. Happy cooking.